Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America. Welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we're going to talk about the economy. Yeah, you know, when you go to the gas station, you fill up your gas. If you go to the hardware store, the food store, I think you're beginning to see a significant amount of price increases. They call that inflation. And I want to really help us understand today what is going on? Why? Why since President Trump left office are we seeing all of these different factors? I don't think there's any one particular thing driving it. I think there's a, a variety of things, right? That shutting down the Trans-Canada pipeline tightened up oil supplies at, uh, in the United States. That brings gas prices up. Um, the pandemic and the lack of trade between countries, the lack of travel probably is having an effect. But uh, I want to bring on one of the true experts, Steve Moore, great economist, works at Heritage uh, advised President Trump during the campaign and during the White House. And we're going to walk through a lot of these issues because the, the Biden economy is now in place and people are beginning to see what effect the policy changes, the consequences of the November election are having. So we're going to do a deep dive on that today. Uh, you know, I was really struck by this because uh, this past weekend, I was working out of my cabin and I went and bought some boards. Now, back in December, when President Trump was still in office, I um, bought the same boards. I bought about maybe 10 of them, and they were about $8 a piece, $8 and a little bit of change. And when I went back this weekend to buy the exact same board, same brand, same store, same aisle even in the store, it was $14 a board. In other words, 75% more expensive. How did that happen? Well, we're going to ask Steve Moore. Uh, we're going to tap his fountain of extraordinary economic expertise and try to get to the bottom of that and try to learn a little bit more about the where the economy's going, where it's been, where it's going, what are the pressures and levers that are driving it, and what opportunities are there to uh, go ahead and um, uh, try to create some repairs, some fixes, some course corrections, if the Biden White House or the Democrats in Congress are so inclined. If not, I have a funny feeling the 2022 election is going to turn on the economy. Don't you want the economy you had with President Trump or the one you got now with President Biden? That could be the question upon which much of the 2022 election uh, turns. It may even affect some of these midterm uh, off-year races in Virginia, uh, where important governor's race is uh, ongoing. 
uh, and in New Jersey, where there's a governor's race. Those are really the two main ones, as well as New York City mayor, which we always vote on in the off-off year, what I call the off-off year. All right, uh, now we're going to get to Steve Moore in a second. Before we do, I want to uh, point out a couple stories that I think have some merit. First, uh, kudos to folks that are fighting to free up information, to create openness in government where bureaucrats want to keep closed doors. And so today, a nonprofit group run by some of the former Trump administration officials sued uh, in Ohio. They sued the county of Stark County and its board of elections because they said that the decision board meetings that are going on about whether to go to Dominion voting machines haven't been open. And so the group Look Ahead America alleges that the election board members have violated the open meetings law when they decided behind closed doors to purchase the Dominion equipment. So they've begun a litigation process, open meetings laws and open records laws, two of the great resources we have in this country. In almost every state, every county, every city, and certainly at the federal government level, we have these incredible laws, but they often aren't leveraged. We complain, now oh, we can't get information out. Well, use open records, open meetings laws. I file over 100 FOIAs a year uh, between myself and my colleagues here at Just the News, uh, sometimes a little bit more. And you saw the benefit of some of that. All the Russia documents I've been able to get, all the Ukraine documents were a FOIA lawsuit, compliments of our good friends at the Southeastern Legal Foundation, uh, particularly Kimberly Herman and Todd Young, who've worked so closely with me. So this group is doing uh, that. And our good friends at Judicial Watch, if Tom Fitton, we have him on the show often. He's so interesting and he's so committed to just getting the truth. He doesn't have an opinion. Obviously, he's conservative in his views, but he's not trying to create opinions with his lawsuits. He's trying to create facts and enforce the disclosure of information. And our friends at Justice Judicial Watch have just filed a lawsuit against the Pentagon to get Pentagon records related to the January 6th Capitol riot and what the Pentagon's response was. We saw two very diverging stories in recent congressional testimony. Trump people saying they did give warnings, Democrats claiming there weren't warnings. Well, uh, Tom Fitton and his great lawyers at uh, Judicial Watch are going to be helping us get the answer. And I think that's a great public service. Kudos to both of those um, efforts to help the American people get illumination, transparency, either in meetings or in records. Uh, we applaud that here at Just the News, and we try to commit a lot of it ourselves. If you remember recently, my colleague Natalia Middlestadt uh, got some of the FOIAs from Detroit and Atlanta that gave us great insights as to how Mark Zuckerberg's election dollars were being spent. That is the value of transparency. Those are the sort of stories you get when you fight for it. All right, last thing before we get ready and buckle our seatbelts for a good interview with our my good friend Steve Moore, the great economist from Heritage, great Trump advisor. There was a hearing yesterday. My colleague, uh, Nick Ballasey, really jumped on this. It was with the HUD secretary, the Housing and Urban Development Secretary, Marsha Fudge, former congresswoman, Democrat. And, you know, we're in a housing crunch right now because of the pandemic, people are having a hard time. Uh, a lot of people are losing their homes and needing public housing. And so, um, uh, and meanwhile, we're, the HUD has been rolled into trying to solve the crisis at the border, getting housing for some of those that we're allowing into the country, not removing. And so Nick asked a very simple question to the HUD secretary, and he got a profoundly disturbing or interesting uh, remark back. He asked um, whether or not 
the American citizens, those in need during the pandemic, during the economic crisis, are getting priority uh, over the illegal immigrants. And Marsha Fudge, the HUD secretary, answered, the answer is no. So we're, in other words, HUD is treating illegal immigrants with the same priority and urgency as homeless or needy Americans during the middle of pandemic. Just think about that. People who broke the law to get into the country are getting the same priority as Americans who live here, pay taxes, lawfully are here, and are on hard times because of the pandemic. What an acknowledgement. That's all I can say. Very important story. Go take a look at it from my good colleague, Nick Ballacy. We get him on the show from time to time. He's such a good reporter. He finds angles. He uses the art of interviewing to get big stories from big officials. This one here today, a really good example of it. HUD not prioritizing U.S. citizens over illegal immigrants for public housing, Secretary Fudge says. Wow, think about that. What a difference an election makes, right? Can you could you imagine Donald Trump saying, oh, I'm going to give illegal immigrants priority in federal housing over poor Americans, citizens who paid taxes over the years to, and have lived here lawfully. We're going to let those here unlawfully have the same priority. I can't imagine Donald Trump or Ken Cuccinelli or any of the folks that were on the immigration homeland front lines subscribing to that opinion. But today, that is the operating rules of the Housing and Urban Development Department under President Biden. Something to chew on. What do you think? All right. We're going to go to the hardware store, to the grocery store, to the gas station. We're going to go there with Steve Moore, the great economist, in just a second. He's going to make sense of all that is going on in the U.S. economy right now. But first, first, uh, let's go to the commercial break and hear from our great sponsors, our great advertisers, the folks who make this show and Just the News possible. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody who makes sense of the economy. I've always had a hard time making sense of the economy, but Steve Moore never does. That's who, This is my go-to guy when I'm trying to make sense of what's going on. And uh, we're just so glad to welcome you back to the show, Steve. Hey, John, thanks for having me. And by the way, this this is not, as my son would say, this is not rocket surgery. <laughs> I mean, Sometimes it is for me. I don't know why. I just, I never, that's why I became a journalist. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah I, mean, no, I think we're, you're right. We're, we're seeing a violation of a lot of the, you know, very basic laws of economics, and that's why we're not getting great results. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, on every point from missing the jobs uh, projections yep. to, you know, yep. I, here's where I notice it. This weekend I went to the gas second, third time in a row, I paid $3 plus a gallon. I hadn't done that for years under Donald Trump. I went to the food store and prices were way up. And then I mm-hmm. went and bought a couple of boards at the hardware store that yeah. I paid $8 for. Right. Yeah, $8 for in December. And they were $14 last weekend. Um, how does that happen? How does that happen in five months? Explain that to me. Well, uh, you know, a couple of things. I mean, one, the big factor here is that we've been borrowing 
and spending so much money, so many trillions of dollars in Washington and printing money to pay for it all that, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost. And again, this is common sense. If you Inflation, John, is a very simple thing. This goes back to Economics 100. Yep. It's too many dollars chasing too few goods. And so we have the federal government just deluging the economy with dollars. In fact, just the other day, uh, you know, Biden said, hey, we're going to send everybody all these checks, these free checks. You know, yep. if you've got, I forget how much it is per kid. You know, just uh, what I call call this is helicopter money, you know, just dumping $100 on the helicopter. <laughs> just throw it out the and window and let it float yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's going to mean, you know, prices are going to rise. And, and we are starting to see that. My only, the only mystery to me is why it took so long. You know? yeah. So we're seeing that uh, really hit home that we have supply constraints now, too, uh, that are really um, reducing the availability of these, um, these uh, goods and services. Uh, you mentioned gasoline. Uh, you know, gasoline um, price has risen. I just looked these numbers up. When, the day that Biden was elected, uh, the average gas price in America was $2.05 a gallon. And now the average price uh, is about $3 a gallon. Wow. And so that's a $0.95 cent increase in, mm. per gallon in, in gas. Yeah. And by the way, John, this is important. You know, Biden keeps saying, I'll never raise taxes on anybody who makes less than $400,000. But what I just described to you, inflation is a tax. Right, is a tax. A higher gas price is a tax, and so this is like a 95 cent increase in the gas tax uh, that people pay at the consumers. And why that's important uh, is that the people who get hammered by these higher prices of food, gasoline, lumber, and so on are the lowest income people. It's the most inflation is the most regressive tax out there. It, it is really remarkable, and. Um... And, you know, everyone was warning about this. In fact, I think I had you on the show after the election and you were warning. This yeah, is the big right. thing you were going to be watching. Now it's here. And I want to go through a couple of things. Like when he shuts down the pipeline, the Trans-Canada pipeline, and does other things with regulatory regimes, mm-hmm. um, that only adds to the, to the uh, chaos here, right? It only adds to the potential reduction in supply. Uh, is his anti-energy policy, as many Republicans call it, uh, are those going to continue to drive prices up? I mean, would they be upset? Would Democrats be upset if gas at four dollars a gallon? Yeah, good question. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about it that Biden has declared war on American energy. Uh, you know, the fossil fuel industry. By the way, John, most people are surprised when I tell them this, but we get we still get seventy five to eighty percent of our energy in America from oil, gas, and coal. Yep. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, you know, does anybody really believe we can go from 75 to 80 percent dependence on oil, gas and coal to zero, yeah. you know, in the next 10 or 15 years? No, I mean, it's an impossible that would, that mission. Would, that, not only is it impossible, but if you could get there, it would completely decapitate our economy because energy is the master resource. Everything we have from our food to our computers to our cars to, uh, you know, everything is all dependent on energy. And so um, it's funny that you should mention the Keystone Pipeline because that was I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that was Joe Biden's first executive order. Yeah. And, and, you know, what at the time it seemed pretty crazy to me. And now it looks lunatic. Right. I mean, why are we not building pipelines in this country? We saw what we happened with the yeah. cyber threat to the uh, to the uh, colonial, colonial pipeline. Yeah. Which, which, yeah. Which pipe would shut that down uh, for a while. And, you know, we need more and more and more pipelines. We need a we need like we have the interstate highway system. We need like an interstate system of pipelines around this country so we can get 
the oil and gas from places like Calgary and North Dakota and Texas to places like Boston, Massachusetts, and California. And it's almost criminal that we don't have that. By the way, did you see that uh, the governor of um, Michigan, uh, Whit- Governor Whitmer, yeah. is now ch- trying to shut down a pipeline? Uh, you know, this green stuff is fine. Look, I don't have a problem with windmills and, you know, with with uh, with solar power and, and certainly not with, you know, electric vehicles. But we need it all. We need, you know, we need gasoline. We need oil. We need coal. We need all of these things. And it's a very dangerous game. And we're seeing that, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid, John, I grew up in Chicago. And I remember, you know, and, and I'm, I think I may be a little older than you are, but I remember getting my kid, my parents would put us in those old station wagons and we'd go and sit in line for, you know, while Jimmy Carter was president, you know, and we'd be ninth in line, wait half an hour to get, you know, six gallons of gasoline for our car. And I was reminded I of that. Because it well, in Virginia, remember you had even an odd days too. Yeah. It, only some people could go <laughs> on even. Odd day, odd. Even day. Yeah, oh my gosh. Based on your license plate number. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, I think the energy policy that Biden has proposed may be, you know, the most dangerous because energy is so critical. And we, we did achieve energy independence under, under Trump. Yeah. And now we're moving away from that. And the big winners will be Saudi Arabia and Russia. Yep. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's uh, that's a, two people that the Democrats like to poke a lot. Russia, Russia, Russia. How many times have we heard that? But they're actually helping Russia. This is like the best possible economic policy for mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin. What what Joe Biden's doing. Um, I want to go back because it was a moment that didn't get recognized by many in the mainstream media. But it's such an important moment. About a week or two ago, the final uh, Chinese import and trade deficit figures came in, and you saw the uh, uh, the two year effect yeah. of the of the uh, uh, trade war that Trump picked with China because imports are way down. And I think if I remember correctly, the deficit, the trading deficit with China was at uh, the lowest as it was from 2011. Why, uh, we're, that is a remarkable accomplishment, what happened in 2020. Talk about how you and, and Trump and others who, who waged that war got there and then uh, where Biden may take us, because it feels like this is gonna go in reversal pretty quickly. Yeah, so I'm a free trade guy, so right. normally I don't like tariffs. Uh, but I did find my – I mean, Trump actually kind of changed my mind on this, frankly. I mean, he's a persuasive guy. Yeah. And uh, I think in the end he was right about this, that, you know, China – I put China in a separate category. They are a clear and present danger to uh, America in terms of their, uh, you know, their predatory trade practices, their, you know, their uh, increase in their military – and all of these other issues make them a very dangerous country. COVID, you know, a good example. So, uh, you know, I don't. I feel like you know these tariffs, uh, move, and especially what we've done, by the way, is moved away from importing stuff from China, and now we're getting more from India and Taiwan and Vietnam, and that's yep. great. You yep. know, let's let's get the stuff from our allies, not from our enemy. Exactly. Uh, and so that policy really has worked, and uh, I think it's been quite uh, successful in terms of reducing. The we don't want to be dependent on China. It's that simple. It's just not a very smart thing for our country to do. Yeah, no, it, it's not. And um, and I think the the President Trump's policies actually showed us that, and actually showed that it can be addressed without creating World War Three. People say, "Oh, it's going to be World War Three. The economy is going to go in the tank. Nothing happened except that we shrunk the deficit of trade between." Uh, well, meanwhile, China. John, you know, meanwhile you've got uh, sort of the opposite approach yep. of the Biden people, where 
you know, uh, you had John Kerry, you know, meeting with Chinese, and they make all these false promises. I mean, one of the things I hope they learn is that Chinese are like the old Soviets. You can't word, believe a word they say. Exactly. John Kerry comes back and says, oh, they're going to cut their, you know, coal consumption, mm-hmm. and they're so sure they about climate change. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you, that's, that's wanting to believe something that simply isn't true. By the way, right now, as we speak, uh, countries like China, India, Vietnam are building hundreds of coal plants. They are. Oh, they're, they're not, they don't show any concern about no. climate change. The problem with greenhouse gases, it's not emitting from the United States and nearly as much as it is in those developing countries, particularly China. And uh, we right. keep punishing our workers uh, for their sins. It's That's really right. remarkable. Really, really remarkable. When you look out now, uh, right, you got inflation. That's a big red worry. You've got trade deficits and imbalances yep. and trade wars. Uh, the natural way of curing inflation is to raise interest rates, which you know probably would be okay for a while in the American economy. But the the instant impact on the federal deficit for borrowing. Talk talk to us what what happens to the uh, federal deficit and borrowing when when interest rates start clicking up like they probably will in the next few months. Well, interest rates, one way or the other, interest rates are going to rise. Although I have to say, John, I've been wrong about that for the last number of years. Yeah, they've been able to I float mean, I keep for a while in a very low place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've been low. And, and I've, they've been shocked. saying for five years they're going to. So I've been, I, I'm going to be full, full uh, disclosure. I've been yeah. wrong about this. But now you are starting to see the rates creep up a bit. And um, the bigger issue, though, to me, right, in terms of what do we have to do right now to make sure we don't get runaway uh, inflation is stop spending money. So it would be crazy for Congress to enact another two, I think there are two two trillion dollars spending bills there are. Biden wants to do on top of the two trillion dollar bill yeah. we already have. Which we six I mean, trillion on top of the six trillion we already spent. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's just loading gasoline on a, a forest fire. And yeah. so let, let's just stop spending, stop borrowing money. Uh, because can you imagine if we spent another two trillion dollars uh, and borrowed that money? I mean that's going to lead to you know, even much higher inflation, much higher interest rates. And you're right. You know, we're the largest debtor in the world. Every time, every time the interest rates go up by one percentage point, that raises our debt by another trillion dollars. So mm. it's a, imagine we had a you know three or four percentage point increase in interest rates. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. But if it did, I mean, my gosh, then we're just paying all these taxes, not even for government services, nope. John. We're just paying service and debt to pay the interest on the debt. Yeah. No person would run their house the way the U.S. government runs right. its house. It's, it's just insane. And, By and, the way, John, i got to say something related to this. So there, there's this theory that's very popular now on the left called modern monetary theory. Right. And their theory is you just keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, and there's no negative effects of that. Right. Well, I think we're starting to see, you know, hey, there are negative effects of that. Oh, yeah. When one point comes up, uh, one, one point increase, which I think is very likely from the people I've talked to, in the next year, uh, you, you've just added a trillion that you can't spend on discretionary spending because it's got to come somewhere. And um, yep. we're, we're really at a, at a remarkable moment. Now, let me ask you about Republicans because everything in my bones tell me that the 2022 election is going to be a pocketbook election. This is going to be about you had this great economy with Donald Trump, you threw Biden in. Do you really want to stay this course? Are Republicans playing the right hand right now in the economy or are they being too tepid on the economy? Well, let me just say one thing about the economy. Look, I, despite all of what we've been talking about, I mean, Biden really is a lucky guy because, I mean, Trump really set things up very nicely for him. Yep. I mean, we've got the, 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 the stimulus for the economy is the vaccine, right. which has been a tremendous success. And by the way, I'll give Biden high marks for 
the way they've distributed the vaccine. It's been very done quite professionally. Right. Um, and so we're in great shape right now. I mean, we're in it, look if we much if we better than other countries. Out of, oh yeah, for sure. Just get the government. Biden, just just go on vacation for three months. Don't do anything. <laughs> and the economy is going to be fine. I'm serious, Doc. Yeah, I, mean, I have a funny we, feeling that's not going to stick, though. Boom, but they're not going to do that, right? And so I do think, even despite all of the dumb things that I think Biden is doing on the economy, I still think it's going to be good for the rest of this year. I really do. I mean, it's not going to be as grow as fast as it would have if, if Trump were president. But I think the problem starts emerging next year. When the when you start to see you know what I call the hangover effect right. from all the borrowing and all the spending, and I, it's hard to predict, but I think 22 and 23 could be you know much weaker uh, you know than than we would have otherwise gotten. And if the Republicans are running you know for the elections in 22 in a in a weak economy, I think it could be very much. And you and I have lived through these. You remember 94, I right? sure do. And you remember what happened in 2010. Yeah. What happened in both those elections was that in the first case, Bill Clinton, and in the second case, Barack Obama, they overplayed their hand. They thought the, the American people had turned to the left when this is still, I think you and I agree, this is still a center-right. So, yeah, it is. It's still country. a slightly center-right. And country. I think they've, they've uh, you know, Biden has moved so far to the left. I mean, I mean, but my God, Barack Obama looks like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> it's true. And so, yeah. you know, Joe Biden's uh, running against himself now. I mean, that's the amazing thing. He was mostly exactly. a moderate for most of his career. Now he's running against most of what he stood for. Exactly. It's remarkable. And that, by the way, that's not what voters thought they were getting. No, nope. No, they, 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 they're, there's going to be a good self-inspection, uh, introspection moment, I think, next year. The labor shortages, the fact that uh, you, know, you see a lot of these red states now saying, we don't want any more federal jobless benefits. We're cutting that off because we can't get people out of their homes back working. Mm -hmm. Is that a real dynamic? And how do you solve a labor shortage if you head into 2022 with not enough workers to keep the economy going? Well, look, normally a labor shortage is a good thing, right? right. I mean, in fact, we, you know, we had a lot of unfilled jobs under Trump right. because we're creating, I used to, I used to joke with the president and say, Mr. President, stop creating so many jobs. We don't have any <laughs> workers to fill them. But what's different now is we have 9 million unemployed people yeah. and yet we have 8 million unfilled jobs. I mean, John, that's unbelievable. It makes I mean, you scratch you your get, head, right? How do you have nine filled? Yeah. I mean, we have 750,000 construction and manufacturing jobs are open. And yet in the last jobs report, we actually lost employment in those industries. Unbelievable. So the question is why? Now, 95% of just keep any average everyday person, you don't have to be an economist to understand if you pay people more, uh, you know, not to work than to work, they're going to stay home. Gonna work. I mean, this is, yeah. this is just obvious. And it's yet, Ferris I mean, Bueller's day off, the employment post. one, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yet, you know, you've still got the Washington Post and New York Times going through the, you know, analysis of why it is that the, yeah. this isn't true and just paying more and more welfare benefits is yep. not going to deter people from working when you, all you have to do is just ask anybody who owns a restaurant, anybody who owns a store, anybody right. who owns a construction company, and they will tell you the workers will not come back on the job. I can't mash Uncle Sam. And you've got people who literally, you got, if you've got a couple, a husband and wife that are employed with two kids, in most states, if they get food stamps, unemployment insurance, and Obamacare subsidies, they're getting $100,000 of benefits on an annualized basis, tax-free. Unreal. Tax-free. If you get a $100,000 paycheck, you actually have to pay payroll and income tax on it. So it is so out of balance right now. We should start every single state in the country should suspend the $300 benefits, and Biden should just make a speech. I mean, he, he has really looked out of it, don't you think? I mean, 
he doesn't really he doesn't have a good explanation for no. why these why is there inflation? He's awful. If he does have an explanation, it feels awful late yeah. a lot too. He's not he's not on time when people want to hear from him. He seems like he's exactly. five to ten days behind the, the breaking news. Yeah. And, and he just won't acknowledge, which is obvious to people. Uh, again, this is like one of those ninety ten issues. Most right. Amer- and by the way, can I just point out say one other thing about this, John? The left loves to talk about fairness. You know, fairness, fairness. It's not right. fair of the richer banking more than the poor. But you know what's not really really an unfairness in our economy? The heroes of our American economy are the healthcare workers and the people working in nursing yep. homes and the delivery people and the truck drivers. They kept us going last year. Out. They kept us going. And you know what? If we're going to give money to people, I, I see even some of my Republican governor friends saying, oh, let's give $1,500 bonus to people go back to work. I'm like, why don't you give $1,500 to the people who have been working, not yeah. the people who haven't been working? Well, one governor did that. Uh, governor DeSantis announced uh, first responders pay which I thought was a really novel idea, but there's so few there. There seems like there's a missed opportunity. I, I want to tackle just two quick things back because I know you got to get going, okay. but I want to I want to tackle two things that have been on my mind, and I hope you can help make sense of them. The, the first is what should the Republican economic plan that they sell in 2022, what should it look like? Is it a return to Trumponomics? Is it Trumponomics with some maybe fiscal discipline injected? What do, what do you think the sweet spot is for for Republicans? I think it's combating, you know, what Biden is doing. And and and, and uh, number one, I mean, for example, the other day, uh, <clears throat> Senator McConnell, and I like Senator McConnell, and but he sat down in the White House with uh, with uh, uh, with the President and uh, and uh, and uh, the Democratic leaders, and he said, "Well, we're not going to do a two trillion dollar, you know, uh, infrastructure bill. We'll do eight hundred billion." I'm like, right. "No, zero. We don't need to spending more money right now. I yeah. mean, if they need to spend money on infrastructure, take it out of the two trillion dollar bill they already passed. Right. Right. I mean, let's reprogram the money that's already out there. So I don't like this idea of Republicans saying, "Well, we're for the, what they're for. It was just we don't want to quite spend not as, as big. much money." I don't yeah. think that's that's a bad strategy. I think they should talk about look. We're not going to raise taxes on American companies. We're, you know, small business owners are getting creamed. I think the Republicans should be really embrace small business, John. I mean, small businesses are getting creamed by they these are. policies. They're the biggest of victims higher of this minimum pandemic. Wage. They can't get their workers. You know, all of those policies have really, and and those are the those are the real, um, you know, what I call the spinal cord of the American economy is the men and women who run, you know, businesses yeah. with less than a hundred employees. And ask them, John, they'll tell you, we're really struggling right yep. now. Yeah, I hear that day in and day out. We have uh, my good friend Alfredo Ortiz comes on the show from Job Creators yep. Network. And, you know, it used to yep. be the NFIB really carried the message of Main Street to Washington. NFIB's disappeared, really, and it doesn't seem to have that much influence. But, boy, the Job Creators Network is starting to put people, and you start to realize, wow, I, I didn't realize how much they're suffering. And you go to the local restaurant, and you talk to the owner, and you go, oh, man, I feel so bad for you. They need help, and uh, they seem like a constituency that could really lean to the Republican Party in 2022. And, you know, Republicans should be reminding people of how good the economy was during Trump before COVID hit. Right. Saying, you know, if the economy falters, this is this is a result of, you know, bad policies coming out of uh, Washington. I mean, people don't like inflation, but they don't like unemployment. And, uh, you know, they don't like seeing people sit at home you know, watching Netflix when they go out to work 40 hours a week and then and they're making less money than the guy, you know, on unemployment benefits. So that, I think there are a lot of opportunities and defend American energy. You know, yep. We should be producing what I call all of the above energy. Uh, we should use it all so we're not dependent on countries like Saudi Arabia and Russia and China. Yeah, there's no doubt. 
Now, the, the last question I'm going to ask you, Bidenomics yeah. and its effect, you know, this was middle-class Joe for, for four decades. This was the blue-collar guy. Um, it seems as though the middle-class and the blue-collar guy are getting a really, and gal, are getting a real big bite taken out of them already by the Biden policies and many more to come, right? We lost jobs, ten, eleven thousand $11,000 jobs in um, TransCanada. You keep going through. Um, does the blue-collar worker, the middle-class, have a revolt and how much more can they take from Bidenomics before the election comes? I mean, what other things could happen in the middle class and the working class to continue to grow their discontent? I think inflation would be a big one. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Because, you know, that really does shrink your paycheck. You know, it's that simple. And also it's, it's the enemy of the stock market. Now, Everybody, I, I hate that liberals say, oh, it's only rich people have stocks. No, John, you have stock. I have stock. That's right. I'm not rich. I mean, I have my retirement benefits. Yeah. And so, you know, those now. things all make yeah. But Yeah. So uh, there is that. But the other thing I think is really interesting, I mean, I was looking at the, uh, the, the data on what happened in 2020, and I was comparing it with 1992 in terms of the percentage of each income group that was won by both parties. And going back to 92, it was basically, you know, the poorer a district, the more likely it was to vote for Democrats. And right. it was almost, you know, whereas what's happened over the course of the last, uh, you know, 25 years or so is now if you look at the Republican vote, it's a bubble. Republicans did very poorly with people at the bottom of the income scale, and they did incredibly poorly with people at the top of the scale. Republicans are now the, the party of working class, middle class Americans, and they that's are. where they should be. You know, and Democrats have a big problem with those. You know, I'm not talking about the union leaders. I'm talking about the rank and file, rank and blue file, collar, yeah. you know, workers who are who are both socially conservative and they also don't like this attack on America. That's the other thing. Democrat Republicans really go defend American exceptionalism because that's something most Americans believe in. Yep. Yeah, and Democrats are doing a good job of of uh, stepping on America all day long. It's pretty. pretty oh my gosh! You know when. When, when now when when Biden goes down these you know when he's trying to negotiate with China and these other countries, yep. they throw right back in his face all the criticisms that Biden makes That's of right. America. I mean, how they have the know, same are, talking are, points. Mr. President, I mean, you admit that America is a systemically racist country. Yeah. I mean, that's not a very good way to bargain with them. No, <laughs> no. Well, if you give them the ammunition, they know how to use it in China, and he certainly has already, as has Blinken and others. And it's uh, really remarkable. Well, Steve, you managed to do it. You made sense of all this. And I think people heard here today two really important things. Uh, Middle-class blue-collar workers and small business are going to be one of the important coalitions yep. in the 2022 election. We're going to watch that. Well, thank you so much, sir. You you are always uh, make sense, and you help us uh, get through these difficult times with uh, with a smile on our face. So we really enjoy having all you All right. On. Thanks, John. Thanks, Steve. Love Have a good your, one. Love your work and love what you guys do with uh, you know, just the news. So thank, thank you. It means a lot. All right. Have a good day. You too. All right, folks. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. Uh, we're going to come right back and wrap things up for the day. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY 
at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And ha, 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 man, I know more about the economy than I've known in a long time. And I never liked economics, but it's so important. Because every time you go to the store, every time you fill up your tank of gas, every time you pay your water bill, uh, you're feeling the effects of the macro economy and the micro economy. And uh, I think Steve did such a remarkable job of just making sense of this moment we're in, the opportunity for Republicans, the potential dire uh, straits that Democrats could find themselves in if the trend lines continue. Really great. A little bit of politics, a little bit of pocketbook, and a whole lot of perspective from a really, really fantastic economist who um, is very open. You know what I like about Steve when he's wrong, too? He, he First, he self-discloses when he makes predictions that didn't happen. I love that about him. He's honest, he's energetic, and uh, he makes the economy so much better. Now, I have an idea. If you're running a business, a small business like I do, you know what? HR issues are tough, right? Uh, and a lot of times you don't want to deal with them. You know, you're, it's hard enough to get the payroll done and get and get uh, uh, the strategies done and the widgets in and the sales forms out and the IOs out, the orders and all the things that happen. But you know what? We've got somebody here in our family at Just the News who makes it so much easier. The company Bambi, that's B-A-M-B-E-E. Bambi can make HR go from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. And you can get a dedicated HR manager, I'm not making this up, who can craft HR policy and maintain your compliance all for just, you ready for this? $99 a month. $99 a month to have a, a dedicated HR manager taking care of your policies, taking care of your compliances. Very important. Great group of folks. They support this show. They also support so many great companies around the world. Uh, they have, an, uh, for that $99 fee, you get an HR manager by phone, by email, real-time chat, whenever you need them to address your needs. It's great uh, if you're onboarding someone, if you're terminating someone as a business owner, uh, if you got to make sure you're in compliance with all these things that are going on with COVID and all uh, the other OSHA and HR changes, Bambi has got you covered. And you didn't start your business, I know, I know I didn't. You didn't start your business because you want to spend time on HR compliance. So let Bambi help you do it. So go to Bambi.com slash Just News. Let me give you that again. Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Just News, all one word, right now. And you can get to schedule your free HR audit. So that's how you get started on this great program. $99 a month. That's Bambi.com slash Just News. Let me spell Bambi one more time. B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash just news to schedule your free hr audit today remember 99 dollars a month gets you a dedicated hr manager to help you with policy compliance all the things that you need to do if you're running your business go to them today take advantage of this incredible offer only for just the news followers and john solomon report podcast subscribers we're so grateful you listen we're so grateful 
that Bambi supports us. Take advantage of their great program. You will not be disappointed. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. We're going to be watching some important news through the night, the Arizona audit. There's a meeting in Phoenix, Maricopa County, in just a little bit, a few hours from now. We'll be covering it all through the night here at Just the News. My good colleague, Greg Piper, is on top of it already, but keep an eye on it. It's important stuff. We're going to have to uh, keep an uh, eye on what we learn, what the Maricopa County fights back at, where the noncompliance with the subpoenas are. This is the first big audit that has the potential to tell us, hey, everything went right in Arizona or there were problems. We don't know yet. We have some inkling from the Senate that there maybe are some irregularities, but we don't know whichever way it goes. At least we will have the facts and know, and we can cross out Arizona and, and, and say we know how to fix it, or it's okay, leave it alone. It was, It is what it was. I think that's an important moment. We'll be covering that for you tonight, all through the night. And the story that I broke on Just the News Sunday morning um, from Devin Nunez and the uh, intelligence community suppression of evidence, suppression of opinion, suppression of analysis that um, maybe COVID didn't uh, evolve in the nature wildly as we were told originally that maybe it was the result of a lab accident in China and Wuhan. Um, we're going to have some new developments later this week on that. I'm doing a lot of reporting on that. I think it's one of the most important stories. About it. it mirrors what we saw in Russia collusion in Ukraine. Uh, politics and pressure uh, quieting dissent. One of the most important things in intelligence communities is to have dissent. People who challenge uh, the tunnel vision or the prevailing view because they see something, if they're squashed, if they're quieted, if they aren't allowed to speak up, our intelligence analysis becomes weaker and weaker. We saw it in Russia where we made some horrible analyses that Trump was in bed with Russia when he wasn't. Uh, we've seen it in other places, the, the bounties uh, that allegedly occurred in Afghanistan that did not occur. The politicalization, the weakening of uh, intelligence, the silencing of dissent in the intelligence community. By the way, dissent and debate is the key to analysis. You can't make analysis of everybody's thinking the same way. Um, well, I think there's going to be more, and I think there's going to be an instructive moment in the China pandemic, not only to go back and find out who told us the truth and who was lying to us about the origins of COVID-19, but also how our intelligence community may continue to be letting us down because leaders, political leaders, are suffocating the opinions, the professionalism, the analysis of our great career intelligence analysts. Stay tuned. I think there's going to be some more reporting this. I've been working it maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, but somewhere in the next 48 hours, I expect to break some more news on that. We'll have it first at justthenews.com, and I promise you, we'll also have you uh, someone on the show to talk about why that is so important. All right, folks, God bless you. God bless this great country of America, as it always has. It's time to wrap up. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then. Go to justthenews.com whenever you got a news fix. We'll take care of you really good. Have a good night. God bless.